Blog Talk Radio. This is a year of the soldier. This is, you know, stand up or, or fall back. You know, I don't really have time to be worried about whether you fuck with me or whether you don't. You know, I, I own a brand called Zero Fucks. So like, do you think that I give a fuck whether you fuck with me or not? I fuck with you. We have a million other things that we could be talking about we could be doing. And right now, I think that my duty is to other human beings. You don't got to fuck with me. I fuck with me. You know what I'm saying? These people that buy my brand, they fucks with me. You think that I see because if you're in such pain that you see, you, you think that everybody sees how much in pain you are. Because I'm, I'm coming out a little bit stronger this year. Like, I'm guillotining everybody. People that are coming to me to help, healing, they don't not They literally stay right here. All right, y'all, I am here, and I know y'all have been waiting for a Tell the Truth Tuesday finally because I've been globe-hopping and doing what it is I do best, but it was July 2nd, 2019. It is now July 3rd. I tried to squeeze everything into this very emotional, heartfelt day. Um, As most of you know, today was New Moon, as well as we had some solar eclipses and some shit was in retrograde, which if you guys are following me on Instagram at miss.d.scott, you'll know that retrogrades are all about the re, the re-up, the reclaiming your time, and just re-going through shit until you get the fucking lesson, so. For my birthday this year, and I am in my glorious 40s, um, I decided that I was going to run away from home and go to Mexico and hang out. And the reason that that came about, because a lot of people are like, how the fuck did that just happen? She just, we've just seen her and she just flew to Mexico. I was looking at a crater, and it's called the Homestead or Hempstead Crater. It's in Utah. And I saw Hannah Bronfman, who is a very popular New York City socialite. Her father is the owner of Seagram's Chin, and her mother is a very popular philanthropist. And I saw Hannah doing yoga in the, I think it's called the Homesteader. I can't remember. It's the Homesteader Homestead Crater in Utah. And I saw her on this boogie board, and she's in this crater in the middle of the earth in Utah, and the water was crystal clear. It was very warm from what they told me. And I was like, that shit looks like some shit that I want to do. But it's in Utah. I have no interest in going to Utah other than the film festivals. And I don't want to go because I was just like, you know, but I just, I kind of felt drawn to that crater. So as I'm, you know, just living my life this last year, just having some awakenings and some death, not death in the sense of people dying, but death in the sense of rebirth, like things that needed to die, I decided, you know what, Um, I saw these cenotes. So a cenote is literally the exact same thing as the Homestead Crater in Utah, but it's in Mexico and it has fresh water. 
Now, if you've ever been to Mexico, you would know that there are probably hundreds of cenotes. So I cannot make this shit up because this is literally how my life goes. If I, I'm, I'm afraid to say anything anymore because the minute that I say it, it begins manifesting. And that means that I'm living as pure as I can. doesn't mean I don't cuss, I don't drink, I don't think about fucking or anything like that. It just means that my intentions are pure. I don't mean anybody any ill will. And um, so I decided I wanted to go to Mexico. So I haven't been to Mexico since me and my best friend Lisa went literally probably 20 years ago to the date. Um, she had graduated college. I did it as a gift for her. We went to Cancun. We had a blast. We almost got sunburned. We probably almost died a couple times, but it was all good. So I said, you know what, that would be awesome. And everything just started falling into place. So I'm watching all these cenotes, and there's so many, Grand Cenote, Dos Ojos, La Calavera, just so many cenotes, and I'm just like, Soyatan. So I see this one, and it has this, like, medallion in the middle of it. And you can tell that it was a Mayan burial ground type situation underneath the ground. you got to climb down underneath it to get it. And so it's so crazy that I manifested it. I posted a picture of it on my Instagram, at miss.d.scott. And my sissy, Makisha, ends up going there about a month ago. So she was in Mexico the month before I went. And so what ends up happening is she's there, she takes a picture, and then she takes a video and she sends it to me. And she says, oh, my God, I'm down here in the energy. And so in that moment, I knew that that was the cenote that I didn't need to go to because I don't really want to go where everyone else is going. So if everyone's going to Vegas, I really don't want to go to Vegas. I'm just, I'm in a different place in life where it's just kind of like I want to go and explore other things in different energies. It's not really so much about the place. It's about I wonder what kind of energy that place has, you know. And and it could be something as simple as the St. Paddy's Day Parade when House of Pain Jump Around comes on. You know, the energy that's in the streets at that time in Boston is, you, you, you can't mimic it, and that's what I'm looking for. So I end up, and this is back actually on St. Patty's Day, I was telling my coworkers, like, yeah, I'm going to go to Tulum. And they're like, what? <laughs> what? what? you going by yourself? And I'm like, yeah, they're like, oh, my God, they're going to harvest your organs. They're going to kidnap you. I'm like, no, I, I feel like I'm okay. I feel like I'm drawn. I need to go to Tulum. Never been to Tulum in my entire fucking life. Never been there. Didn't have a desire. Nothing. But I booked a hotel. Everything was booked. So one of my coworkers, because a lot of y'all don't know that I actually was not down there by myself, one of my coworkers went with me, um, white guy, we've hung out literally one time at work. But let me tell you the difference between my people that I be around and, and people that you be around. If I say I'm going somewhere and I'm doing something, my people know that I'm really going and I'm doing it. So they just be like, okay, like I just got a text from my little baby girls. We're talking about a brunch situation. It's handled. So he says, well, I said, well, you don't got to pay for the hotel because the hotel was really cheap. Um, Shout out to Zendera Hotel in Tulum. It was amazing. Javier, Chris, and Evelyn, they took really good care of us. Um, Of course, I like boutique hotels because I like a little bit more um, personal touches. They had personal gourmet breakfast every morning. That was free, rooftop pool, um, 100% access to that, cab stand, everything was there. So... My coworker says, well, I'll go with you. I'm actually off that week, which in my industry, it's actually very hard to get weeks off. Like, we don't plan vacations together. We just 
you know, if you can get off that week, that's great. Most of us do nothing anyway, but, you know, try to clean our house and get our shit together. So I'm thinking he's not really going to go. This motherfucker texts me the next morning, like, here go my flight. Are you on the same flight? Just so happened we were on the same fucking flight sitting literally like three, three rows away from each other. This is back in March. So it wasn't going to cost that much money. The flight was only a few hundred dollars. We flew out of Toronto, um, straight flight there, because I'm all about the straight flight, because I hate missing connections and shit like that. Flew into Cancun Airport. He had his agenda when he was down there. Um, he knew it was my birthday. He's going through his, you know, relationship shit. And this is a guy I've never even really, outside of a party that I had at my studio once, I've never hung out with him. But, you know, obviously we work together, so I know he has the same clearances that I do. And I don't care. It's all good. So that was, you know, also he's there to knock somebody the fuck out if it just really all goes bad and you try to take advantage of me. And I speak Spanish, so it's not like, you know, too much was going to go on. So I get so excited in going down there, knowing that my sissy went to Soyatan, which is where they still do a lot of the rituals in Mexico. And I start getting excited because I'm like, well, which C-notes am I going to? I cannot make this shit up when I'm, I'm it's like three o'clock in the morning. I'm just so happening to be writing something and I'm looking up and National Geographic has this, like the 10 most dangerous scuba diving holes in the world. And Sinote Calavera was number three. Several hundred people have died there in Mexico. I said, oh yeah, that's it right there. That's where I'm going. Cause it's literally, I cannot make this shit up two miles, not even two miles down the street from my hotel. So the reason they call it La Calavera is not because so many people died there, but because it actually looks like a skull. It's actually three holes in the earth's surface and one big giant hole, which looks like the mouth. So if you look at it a certain way, it looks like a skull, and especially from underneath. The water was crystal clear. I read all the reviews. So you're not going to die if you jump in it, but if you scuba dive, you have, you know, you run the risk of getting the bends and, you know, not being able to detect where you are because you're under there for so long because these, these cenotes, these underwater caverns and caves can go on for miles. You can run out of air and people die and then who's going to retrieve you and just, it's a mess. So I literally said to myself, that's what I want to do on my birthday. On my birthday, I'm going to jump in that water and then I'm going to go to the Mayan ruins. I don't know why I said that, but I did. So that's what I did. So we get to duty-free, buy the tequila, drink on the plane, get off the plane, uh, get to Margaritaville in Cancun Airport. Uh, they, they used to have a Corona stand outside 20 years ago. Now they have a whole, like, you know, little Margaritaville. We got drinks, jumped in the shuttle. We had a private shuttle and took us to the hotel. The ride was literally straight there. You are very clear that you are still in Mexico, like, as far as, like, there's real shit popping down there. Um, but it was beautiful. So we get to the resort. Our room isn't ready. Our rooms aren't ready. And we end up going up to the rooftop pool, you know, finish drinking our tequila. That was the first time I tried Anejo. Normally I'm a silver tequila drinker, but this time I wanted to juice it up because it was my birthday. And so the first day we were there, we went to this club. We are literally, because we have no sense of direction, which I don't know is that Tulum is the actual jungle. Literally, it is the jungle. Like when you're walking down the hotel district street, it's probably a five to ten mile long street of nothing but hotels, but you can't see them from the street because they're all walled off. 
right? It's very California-looking, like if you've ever been to California, like Mulholland Drive, like where all you see is like little doors and like little, you know, uh, fences and, and gates. That's how the hotel's looking, and you go in and you're like, whoa, okay, this is a whole situation with a beach. So like Papaya Playa Project, places like that, As You Leak, which is where we, it's actually a hotel, Drika Gates and her husband, Kevin Gates, were there, which is another reason why I chose to do dinner there on my birthday the next day. So I have this thing about being someplace, doing something that I want to do at midnight on my birthday as it, the clock strikes. So we were just walking, and then we tried to find, we met these people earlier. They were into the same types of things that I was in. They were artists, and they owned this club called Coco Kush, and his name is um, Jesus Dian, but he's a very, very popular Mexican artist, and I found him because his little gate has like a bunch of X's and O's on it and we just so happened to go in there and it's a bar and then he's like oh you like Santissima Muerte check this out he had like a whole situation for her and so of course how does that happen right how does that happen that I'm in Mexico running into people that have the same belief system about certain deities that I do even though our cab driver was scared shit, was like, you do what? He was like, no, nah, I only believe in one God, and that's it. And, you know, and people are very, they either love her or they are scared of her. Okay, there's no in between. So we tried to find his bar, couldn't find it. We found another place called Cortacer, something about the heart. And we get there, very high end, cash only, you know, and you'll see some of the pictures. So actually what I did on my birthday is because I wanted to be in the moment, I didn't post as much on my birthday because I just, you know, and when I did post, I posted in reverse because I am very aware that you negative motherfuckers that literally watch my page because my page is actually open at miss.d.scott. I'm sure one of you fucks is going to ruin it and be disrespectful and I'm going to have to close it up. But for now, leave it open because I feel like I want to share that because I want my hashtags to be seen because obviously there's business to be had. So, we end up going to this club. They make me um, a spicy jalapeno uh, margarita. Earlier that day, we were at Ajao. We had the best ceviche. I haven't had bomb-ass ceviche in probably about 17 years when I was in Pittsburgh at a place called Bossa Nova. So I have been very well taken care of and very well privileged and spoiled in my time, and I've also been poor as fuck. So I was just combining both of those moments. And ceviche is a method of seafood that they use. It's raw, and then they cook it with grapefruit juice, lemon juice, lime juice, different citric acids, and they let it sit. And it's so delicious when it's fresh. But nine out of ten times you can't find it fresh. So I ended up eating ceviche. I'm doing literally all the little things that I want to do um, on my birthday. So we're walking down this long street. Let me be clear, there's no lighting at night because, remember, we're in the jungle. Even though it's Tulum and it's a city, there's no lights on this long hotel strip. So all you can hear is music. We pull up to the place, obviously, that's playing the best music. Literally at around 2 a.m. on my birthday, they start playing shit that sounds like they're about to flip the tables and vampires are coming out, and it's a from dusk till dawn situation. So we're like, okay, it's time to fuck up. But we met an environmental lawyer. Um, from Mexico City there, had conversation with him. We all, you know, saying happy birthday, all that good stuff. Um, went back, jumped in the pool again, woke up the next morning, and we're ready for this to We ride bikes because that's what the fuck I wanted to do. I said, I'm going to ride the goddamn bikes that they offer there for rent. Like, I'm literally indulging in everything that you want to give me for $5. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm taking advantage of every little thing because 
in a lot of the larger resorts, I don't take advantage of your fax machine. I don't take advantage of your spa services. I don't take advantage of, you know, the fact that you have a hair salon there. So I'm paying for all these things, but I don't take advantage of them. So the Zendero is, is definitely a place where, and it's not bare bones. It's very zen. It's, that's the literal reason it's called that. But it's very zen. It's very calm, peaceful, and it had everything I needed. There was a freaking 7-Eleven at the corner, a taco bus up the street, literally fine dining five minutes away. Literally anything I wanted, I can get there at any time. So what ends up happening is we get up the next day. We're riding bikes to the Cenote. I get to the Cenote, you know, and there's a few people there. And this is on someone's actual property. The Cenote is on someone's actual property, meaning they were just chilling one day, and then one day the fucking ground fell in, and now you have the Cenote, and it's on your goddamn property. That's how these cenotes are made. So what ends up happening is we get there. It's literally like $8 to get in there. And we get in there, and I'm ready to go. Okay, I'm ready to get this photographic memory that I've come from another country to feel me jumping in the cenote. It's a very, you know, popular picture, people jumping in the cenotes. Not all the cenotes have a jump. Okay, some of them you could just get in. Some of them you're not even allowed in the water. Some of them there's, you know, fish in them. Some of them most likely not because it's just fresh water, bright blue, fresh water. So I get there, and I can't jump. I'm not afraid of heights. It was maybe, maybe a four-foot drop into the water, the water itself being maybe about 12 feet. I was not diving. Um, the rocks were slippery. I did forget my um, my uh, swimming shoes because that would have helped a little bit. But And it wasn't that I was terrified. I've been having a lot of feelings lately and emotions lately, and I, don't, I can't describe what they are. Um, maybe because I'm in a place in healing where I don't know what it is because when you're so rooted in chaos and, and just anger, anything that doesn't feel like that is foreign to you. So although I'm not scared and I obviously can swim, these beautiful young ladies from New Jersey were there to get me on. I have mountains of video footage of them saying happy birthday to me in English and in Spanish. And I literally, you could see me just in the video getting there, and I just can't. So the one little girl was like, well, I'll jump with you. Couldn't do it still. I just, I don't know what it was. So I tell my coworker, I said, just push me in the water. And he does. And then I was fine. The water was beautiful. It was cold. It, it felt great. I was sweating to death, okay? I get out of the water, and I say, I have something telling me I have to go back in this water because this isn't what I came to do. Like, I came to come here, have fun. And, and I'm the type of person, maybe because I'm older, once I do what I said I wanted to do in a particular place, I'm ready to go now. Like, we can go. We can go get something to eat and drink. Like, that's all anybody wants to do, right? So we hadn't been drinking that morning because I was like, it'll be my luck, you know, some crazy shit happens. So I realized, like, what a dumb asshole I am. I can just climb down the ladder and get in the water. And I think that I would not be, because I'm starting to realize that maybe it's anxiety. I'd get down the ladder and, you know, swim into the water immediately. It feels like someone is choking the shit out of me from under the water. And so there's photographs of me on my page where I'm sitting on this wire with my legs like spread eagle, 
that is me because there's this little rope that's there, and people, it looks like it's a swing. It's really not. It's just like this, like, plastic rope that's sitting there, maybe in case you, like, you know, if you could get to that, you won't drown. But if you can't swim. So I go to that, and I sit on it, and now I'm trying to save face because I don't understand what I'm feeling because it literally feels like I'm dying. Like, I'm, like, it feels like bricks are on my chest, and someone is literally choking the shit out of me in my throat. Now, I've had panic attack. Panic attack for me looks like a heart attack. Well, I'm pout, like, I'm, I can't breathe, and then I'm going to pass the fuck out. Why would that happen? And I'm literally just sliding into the water. I didn't jump. I did nothing. And I kept hearing the difference, the difference, the difference. And then I'm realizing there are so many people that died in those waters that came there that day and didn't realize that was their last dive, didn't realize that was their last time saying hello or goodbye to whomever they were going to say it to. And I'm realizing, like, Denise, you're really doing some dangerous shit right now, like, not because I'm diving, but, like, a lot of fucking people died in here. And so there is a danger in you know, any of this happening. Like, the rocks are so slippy, people could have bust their head. Like, it's crazy. And here I am in this water, like, oh, happy birthday to me. But I did it. And then when I was able to compose myself, I swam and got the fuck out and said, okay, it's time to go. And I don't know why I felt like that. So the next day I said, you know what, I want to go to the mine ruins. Now that night we went to Azulique. Azulique, um, yes, five-star restaurant it is. You can Google them. They are on Instagram. Like I said, I found out from Dreamy Gate, and I'm looking at the pictures. I'm like, wow, that's dope. I want to go there. And so I did. And I had these pictures in my mind because I, I, in my mind, it's almost just like um, a film, right? So I said, okay, there's a picture of me in the Cenote. I got that. You know, I got the video of that. I got the picture of me, you know, doing what I want to do on the bicycle, all this other shit, the ceviche, everything. Literally, even when I said I wanted to see a mariachi band, I can't make this shit up within like 20 minutes. It might even been 10 minutes, a fucking mariachi band comes walking down the fucking beach in full regalia in 91 degree heat. I can't make this shit up, okay? I'm just in all my glory, like, yes, my manifestations are working, like, life is great. So the next day, well, that night we go to Azulique. First of all, if you go to Azulique, don't wear heels, don't be cute, because you will bust your ass. Wear a sandal, perhaps <laughs> some type of sport sock, something, because it's all eco-friendly. It's a, a freaking treehouse. And the caption that I put under the one picture is about, you know, I remember somebody calling me a bird-ass bitch once. Now, here I am in a tree, in a nest, eating my birthday dinner, bitch. So a lot of times the negative shit that you guys put on me, I end up taking that and saying, she said I wasn't going to do what? Okay, so now I'm going to have to go do that, not because she said I couldn't do it or she said something bad about me, but because now she manifested it for me. She put it out in the universe anyway. So in order for me to block your karma, now I have to go back and do the thing that you said I couldn't do or that you wished bad on me about so that you don't get fucked up because that is where I'm at in life right now. Okay, if I choose not to engage with you, that's because I already know you're a fucked up person and your energy ain't right. I go places now for energy, not for the experience so much because I've experienced much, right? So we do as you leave. We have our small, tiny steaks because you know everything is like, dude, we had black biscuits. Like, okay, so, you know, we were so hungry after, but whatever. It was, it was wonderful. I wouldn't eat there again other than the experience. I would go there for cocktails, but... I wouldn't eat there again just because I'm really hungry. I like to eat. So 
We end up going out that night as well, meeting up with my homeboy, partying with him, and he presents me with two paintings. Then on top of that, he presents me with another painting. And then he had his friend. Now, this is crazy. I have a, I have a charm, and it has a very specific painting on the charm. His friend actually drew the exact same painting that was on my charm, yet he never seen my charm. It's just, it's too much. <laughs> like, it's just too much. I've never met these men in my life. The girl that we met at breakfast ended up, now, mind you, she's from D.C. I was calling her Nola Darling. She's a very pretty black girl. Her name is Jade. Shout out to Jade. And she worked for a consulting firm in D.C., graduated college, all that stuff. And she was down there doing her Nola Darling situation. She was pulling on me. And she ended up meeting the same people. Now, of all the hotels and clubs on the strip, there's at least 50 of them, okay? She ends up in the same one of the people that are the artists, that no sentiment muerte, that drew me these, like, these paintings. It just, it, the plot thickens. So the next day we get up and we go to the mine ruins. This time we catch a taxi. I buy my son his cap end, his, you know, his little stuff that he likes. And... We go and we get in, it's like 75 pages. I, I think it's probably like $2, okay, to get in the mine ruins. Hot as balls. I'm in extreme happiness. I'm walking around, videotaping things. I'm just so happy. And what struck me was there was a lot of death there too, right? But those people died under the circumstances of, A, for their sun god or their moon god, Ra, in them, or for their country or protecting the ports. Okay, it's a very different death than going someplace and not knowing that you're going to die. And when I, that's why I kept hearing the difference, the difference. Now do you see the difference? And I do. Death is death. It is a, a finale in the mortal world in our skin suits. But death is a lot like love in that there's different levels to death. Just like I broke y'all down on my church show a few a few weeks back about adults and all those different types of love and agape. There's different types of death. And so you would hope that when you leave this planet in your physical form that you had the most highest death, the most holy death, the most honorable death. An overdose is nothing more than an accidental death. I don't care how you say it. A suicide, a lot of times, that's unrest, but it's still a death to be respected, okay? Someone dying in battle, right? We're not going to cry any less whether it was a suicide or dying in battle, but the vibe is different. The energy is different. And I can tell you that the energy at that cenote is very much different than the energy that was at the ruins. Death took place in both places, okay? And so I think that I want to start exploring that more. Also today, it was a very good day for me. I thought it was going to be more emotional than it was, but it wasn't. And I, I walked away feeling nothing, you know, and I've never felt nothing before. I thought maybe I would either cry or I would feel overjoyed about something or even some sadness or anger, and I absolutely felt nothing. And I think that in all of us, we need to learn to sit still when we feel nothing because it's probably something that we've never felt before. So this isn't something that is chaotic that I'm feeling. This isn't something that is hurtful that I'm feeling. And so that's what I mean when I say that a lot of us are not being loved. We are just surviving. We are just surviving. That's, that's all we're doing because that's all we know how to do because that's what we're rooted in. And I think that for many decades, 
all of us are just trying to survive, right? So we function like that. But when you're out here really living, you develop an empathy for people. You develop, you know, uh, you know I, I guess the best thing I could say about today is that if I would give to homeless people or charities and people that I don't know, charity always starts at home for me. So why wouldn't I help or do it for someone that I know, right, or for family or for whatever? And that's how you have to look at it. If you're not really out here, and, and, and also, too, there's a difference between being a dumbass bitch and a downass bitch. Don't be a dumbass bitch, you know what I'm saying, and, and be a downass bitch. A downass bitch means I got you. I got your cause. I understand what you're trying to do. I see what you're trying to perpetuate. I see you trying to heal. I see you trying to ha- I see you trying to change. I'm going to help you with that. But if you stray outside the boundaries of what that help looks like and you start doing the shit that you was doing before, then I can't fuck with you until you're ready to have that conversation. It's no different than being a fucking addict. I watch some shit that should have broke my heart, but it didn't, but it showed me the other side of addiction. And people don't understand that love is an addiction, money is an addiction. It affects the same exact fucking centers in your brain, okay? And the show is called Euphoria. It's on HBO and Stars and Daya, okay? We have to start accepting the fact that sometimes we need to just sit still while we're healing because we're not going to understand what's going on because we're sitting here waiting for some sort of message. You know, I know that tonight was an eclipse. Tonight we had a new moon where we're supposed to be manifesting things so that we can see them in the full moon come to fruition. And it's very difficult for people to understand what healing looks like because it's not fucking cute. And I'm not saying that I'm fully healed, but I'm thinking that maybe that trip to Tulum put me in a mindset, not even so much of forgiveness, but just of all of this shit could end tomorrow. And if it all ended tomorrow, would I be happy with the legacy that I've left? Not just for my child, not just for my family, but just would human beings show up for me and say, that? like, listen, before I went, I had to write a will. I've seen one too many people pass away suddenly that didn't have a will, Nipsey Hussle being one of them. My homegirl, when she, you know, she passed of cancer uh, a year or so ago, um, she didn't have a will. And as a result, we've gone through hell trying to make sure that everything's okay, we meaning her village, her friends, all of us, um, trying to make sure everything's okay with her seeds and just her legacy is being remembered. Some of us remember it a different way. Others of us, you know, others are um, active. And um, it could all change tomorrow. So I think... Even as I sat here writing this five, six-page will and just allotting out certain things, it just dawned on me that I really don't have a huge circle, right? My whole world is written in these five, six pages. And so as I'm sitting here feeling nothing, right, feeling nothing, it feels good to feel nothing because I'm not hurt, I'm not crying, I'm not upset, and I release anything that is not the greater good of me. And it's funny because we are scared to heal and to ask for things in the universe, meaning or your God or God or Jesus, whoever you choose to worship. We're scared to ask for things because maybe that's the thing that's getting us attention. Or if I ask 
and I just say, you know, let the gods do with you what they will. I've asked for very specific things, and then the very people that I love were taken away from me, right? And then I realized that that was the person that was being deceitful to me or that was the person that was talking shit about me or that was the person that never had a nice thing to say about me. And it's funny because somebody said to me, you know, this particular person does not deserve your attention at all. This particular person does not deserve your empathy. And I said, I know. I said, but at the end of the day, there's a lesson in it to be learned for me too because this is a person, you know, just a separate situation that was one of my biggest demons. doesn't mean he was particularly a demon, but he was one of mine. He knew what I liked. He knew what I didn't like, you know. And I think it was good when I was able to let go of the pain so that we could try to develop some type of friendship or some type of something because right now that person is sick and that person is not in a position to do anything for me. And I always, you know, I don't want to be a hypocrite, but I always say, you know, you can tell the measure of a human by how they treat people that can do nothing for them and can never repay them. And so I think that Tulum is just really teaching me the difference in things. Like I, I looked at death as like death is that, so it's, it's the finale. I looked at love as like, no, that's it, this is, this is love. And then I'm starting to slowly learn that each of these things, although it's a very thin line between the both of them and other things as well in life, there's layers to everything. So just because I don't love you this way doesn't mean I don't love you that way. Just because you die here in spirit doesn't mean that I can't let you live on in a book or in a piece of literature or in a song. Just because we are no longer friends does not mean that I don't still hold you in high regard for whatever it is that you do in the world to make it a better place. And I think that that is why I so admire our our elders because, like, you know, my aunts and, you know, my uncles and them and just the, the adults in my life because they're people that have gone through so much that they're calm, right? And so a lot of people, you know, underestimate the fact that in order to be this calm, there had to be so much chaos. And just because we're older and people don't react as much don't mean that it's not still there. You know, because I came home and I was at work and I kind of snapped out a little bit on uh, on someone, but it was mostly because I think coming from diving in cenotes and everything else, that's what happened. So, guys, I'm going to leave you with a song that basically sums up my beginning of cancer season, and I hope you guys remember this song. I hope you guys have manifested your intentions, and I hope you guys understand that the magic is within you. It's not, it's not anywhere else. It's not in a book. It's not someplace where you're never going to see it. The magic is already in you. When you start doing what you're supposed to be doing and you start on your righteous path, whatever's righteous for you, you'll start to see a 360 change, not 180, but a 360-degree change in the way that you're, you're receiving information and the way that you're giving it back to the world. So as of right now, thank you guys for tuning in. It's Tell the Truth Tuesday. Apologize if I say anything I don't mean. 
Like what's up with your best friend? We get out, have some fun, believe me. And what's up with these new niggas? And why they think it all comes so easy? But get it why you here, boy? Cause all that hype don't feel the same next year, boy. Yeah. And I'll be right here in my spot with a little more cash than I already got. Tripping off you cause you had your shot. With my skin tan and my hair long. With my fans who've been so patient. Me and 40 back to work, but we still smell like a vacation. Hate your rumors, hate the bullshit, hate these fucking allegations. I'm just feeling like the throne is for the taking. Watch me take All it. I care about is money in the city that I'm from. I'ma sip until I feel it. I'ma smoke it till it's done. I don't really give a fuck and my excuses that I'm young. And I'm only getting older. Somebody should. I told you I'm on one, yeah, fuck it, I'm on one, yeah, I said I'm on one, fuck it, I'm on one, two white cups that I got that drink, could be purple or could be pink, depending on how you mix that shit, money to be got, I'ma get that shit, cause I'm on one, I said fuck it, I'm on I'm burning purple flowers, it's burning my chest I bury the most cash and burning the rest Walking on the clouds, suspended in the air The ones beneath me recognize the red bottoms I wear Burning the belt, move the kids to the heels Been shorty on the sink, do it for the thrill Kiss you on your neck and tell you everything is great Even though I'm out on barn and might be facing eight Still running with the same niggas to the death of me Ever seen a million cash, gotta count it carefully. <laughs> Ever made love to the woman of your dreams? Woo! In a room full of money Woo! out in London as she screams? Huh. Baby, I could take it there. Call Mark Jacobs personally to make a pair. So yeah, we on one, the feeling ain't fair. And it's double MG until I get the chair. All I care about yeah. is money in the city that I'm from. I'ma sip until I feel it. I'ma smoke until it's done. I don't really give a fuck and my excuses that I'm young. And I'm only getting older. Somebody should have told you I'm on one. Yeah. Fuck it, I'm on one. Yeah. I said I'm on one. Fuck it, I'm on one. Two white cups that I got that drink Could be purple or could be pink Depending on how you mix that shit Money to be got, I'ma get that shit Cause I'm on one I said fuck it, I'm on one I walk around the club Fuck everybody And all my niggas got that heat I feel like Pat Riley Yeah, too much money ain't enough money You know the feds listening Nigga, what money? I'm a maid, nigga. I should dust something. You niggas on the bench, like the bus coming. <laughs> Ain't nothing sweet but the switches. I'm focused, might as well say cheese for the picture. Oh, I'm about to go. Andre the Giant, you a sellout, but I ain't buying. Chopper dice, second nigga, like science. Put it into your world like the Mayans. It's a celebration, bitches. Mazel tov. It's a slim chance I fall. Olive oil. Don't you be the name. Don't ask me how I got it. I'm killing these hoes. I swear I'm trying to stop the violence. All I care about is money. Yeah. In the city that I'm from. I'ma sip until I feel it. I'ma smoke until it's done. I don't really give a fuck. And my excuses that I'm young. And I'm only getting older. Somebody should have told you. I'm on one. Yeah. No last fuck it. I'm on one. Why am I said I'm on one? Fuck it, I'm on one. 
purple or could be pink Depending on how you mix that shit Money to be got, I'ma get that shit Cause I'm on uh, <laughs> I still fuck with them Come on. 